Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and we need your help with something. What's that? Keeping our show on the air. As the show grows, so do the costs of producing it and distributing the audio of Real Ghost Stories Online, the very thing that you listen to probably on a regular basis. So if you listen to the show regularly, we ask you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. We'll give you even more episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online to listen to in exchange for your support. It's only $5 a month, and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps our show going. Plus, we'll give you access to all of the past EPP bonus episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online, jam-packed with some of the creepiest stories we've ever gotten in, and exclusively for EPPs, more than 30 full episodes. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. Without your support, the show couldn't go on. Sign up now to be an EPP, extra podcast person, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And on today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, we're going to take a look back at one of the most haunting stories that has ever been sent into us at Real Ghost Stories Online. It happened last year in 2014 over a series of multiple calls from a man named Richard in Chattanooga. Much question has been raised about the validity of his stories and the origin of them. Here on the show, we've never been able to fully uncover exactly what was going on, nor did we personally question the validity of the stories, because we just take the stories as they come in at face value to be paranormal ghost stories. So we'll let you be the judge of what you believe was going on with the stories from Richard in Chattanooga. But on today's episode, we're going to hear the series of his calls, the paranormal sounds that we heard in those calls... And we'll also discuss each call and the saga that unfolded last year on Real Ghost Stories Online from the man that we simply knew as Richard in Chattanooga. That's today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony Bruschi joining you. Jenny Bruschi has the day off. Well, it really was uh, a very interesting series of calls that eventually did drop off from Richard. He uh, called in initially just to share a story, called up with follow-up information on it. You guys chimed in on our forum with thoughts and advice. He eventually sent us some private messages about what he thought was going on and then later opened up on the show about what he had revealed to us privately. And then some folks also chimed in with what they believed were facts that somewhat debunked his story. It was after that that we no longer heard from Richard. So Richard, if you are still out there, we would like to hear from you and are still very much interested in your story here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And we would love to get an update from you. 
We'll kick off this special episode of Real Ghost Stories Online with the initial call that we received from Richard last year, around this time, sharing his ghost story. Let's go to that. Hey, Tony. My name is Richard, and I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and this is my ghost story. 2009, my wife and I were looking to start a new life together. Um, We were looking to buy a house together well our realtor said that they found one well below our rate that we were looking for like well well below and it was odd that you know how cheap the house was but you know at the time we you know was starting out had to get on the way any way to save money we were pretty stoked about it well at the time I was I couldn't really get to see the inside of the house I seen pictures of the outside because I was working out of town quite a bit and um my wife actually found the house with the realtor, you know, came and looked at it. Well, they, you know, she comes in, she sends me pictures of the inside. There's like two by fours for the floorboard and the cabinets are missing, you know, doors, every other one. Doors missing off of, you know, it was just in bad shape. New, new wood floors, all that kind of stuff. Well, for the price of the house, I knew we could fix it up the way we wanted it. So it's kind of a, you know, exciting for me in a way being a guy liking to fix things anyways well the first day and i remember i walked in the house after getting back and i remember walking to the door and i'll never forget the feeling it was like walking through water with waders on it was just so thick i'll never forget that feeling which i've never felt that feeling before until that day so right away i'm you know i'm thinking this is odd I don't know what this feeling is, you know. Didn't know, you know, I never felt it before. Well, I just miss it. I walk in. I'm excited to see the family. I've been gone for, you know, two, three weeks at a time. Come in, hugging everybody. And uh, I start, you know, noticing things around the house after I start, you know, getting settled in. I start noticing things missing. You know, putting stuff here and there. Well, about a week later, we're sitting in here, and I'm playing with a toy on the floor with my daughter, and the toy will not stand up because it needs a stand. It comes on a stand. And, of course, with a three-year-old, they they don't want to look at a toy. They want to play with it and break it. <laughs> they don't want to look at it on a stand. Well, I was trying to talk her into, you know, it's made to be looked at. I played with like that. Well, she ends up just freaking out you know like kids are getting upset and I finally got her away from it got her onto something else for a short term memory that you know kids have and uh, the next morning I finally get her settled down the next morning I wake up on the first one up in the mornings when I'm home and I walk in the kitchen and every cabinet in the house is is open I didn't even take notice that the drawers in the bedroom were open and then my kids rooms were open and at the time, I was closing the drawers, walking around, that I didn't even take notice that the doll that my my daughter and I were trying to play with was standing up in the middle of the kitchen floor the entire time. I tell my wife the next day, and uh, my friends were over, and I had to go to the store. My wife, you know, she's a big skeptic. She didn't want to believe it. My friend was here. My wife and I needed to run errands. He was here alone. He was playing the PlayStation. He said that as soon as we left, he started hearing a man and woman talking in the back room. He thought it was my wife and I when we were pulling out. 
each ex were pulling out of the driveway. He still thought it was, you know, her and I talking outside the window before he got in the car. Well, he said as soon as he sat back down, he started hearing on the opposite side of the house. He goes and checks, nobody's back there. He comes back in the living room, started playing some more. And he said as soon as he, within like three minutes into playing, he heard it behind him. And that's when he ran out of the house and left. I come home, the door's open, the control's on the floor, and the TV's on, and the, the light, the lights are on in the house. So I call him, and that's just, you know, that's what he tells me, and I tell my wife that we really need to get it, you know, somebody into cleaning. Well, my wife, you know, being a skeptic, didn't think anything about it. Well, the next day, we, you know, we're going to sleep that night, and that night, I'm, uh, my wife actually falls asleep on the couch, and my oldest daughter's on the couch with her, and she's holding the three-year-old, and she's sitting there watching TV. The rest of them are asleep. I'm going to bed, and I feel like I'm pinned down. I wake up, feel like I'm pinned down with just my eyes. I can just look around the room. Couldn't move, couldn't scream, couldn't do anything. You know, I thought it happened so fast that I thought it was a dream. So I come in and tell my wife what I was feeling. She said it was like sleep paralysis or whatever it's called. And I just dismissed it and went back to bed. Knowing me, I was, you know, because I do believe in paranormal, I was thinking to myself, there's something going on. But then an hour later, my wife comes running into the room and she puts her back against the wall. And she's like pushing her feet like she's trying to go through the wall. And here's the skeptic telling me that she just opened her eyes and seen in the hallway a four and a half foot man with a cloak on, black face, was standing, you know, was just standing so still with his hands crossed and had this design pattern on her, on his cloak, on its cloak, sorry. And uh, it freaked her out so bad that we ended up loading up the kids and standing in the room that night. Well, thanks for listening to my story. And that is my ghost story. Thanks. You know, when we first got that call from Richard, it had only been uh, several months of us doing the show on a regular basis. And it really, really, really stood out to us uh, as being a very different type of story. I mean, there were so many things involved in it, and it seemed so current. I guess it would be the best term for it. Not, oh, this happened to me uh, when I was 14, or this happened years ago in this one house. It's like, no, this this is happening uh, pretty recently. I mean, he didn't exactly state in that call the currency of it, but it just had that feel to it of there's, this is... This is going on still the way he ended it because there really wasn't much of a resolution in that first call. It was, this is what happened. Thanks for God. Thanks for listening. And when you hear a story like that, it's just so disturbing because it was like, what is going on here? This doesn't sound like it's a former resident hanging out, a short, dark man with a, a cape or a cloak on with some sort of weird design on it, the voices that are moving around and coming out of every which direction, the bizarre case of sleep paralysis. It was it was it had all the makings of something very dark surrounding them. And it was concerning. Um 
as far as what was going on and and were these folks getting help were they able to get help what is their current status and that was initially how the uh the communication came in from richard uh, uh more than a year ago um from there we started to get more calls from him with updates and uh our our audience also then started weighing in on our forum on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com with their thoughts and we'll get to some of those thoughts and we'll actually read off from the thread about richard a little bit later on on this episode to get some perspective if uh, you were not a part of the program at that time as far as what was being thought about what was being said about his situation uh, let's go to the second call that came in from Richard a little bit after that uh, that first one that we just heard here on the show here it is hey Tony hey Jenny this is uh, Richard from Chattanooga Tennessee I just wanted to start off by saying thanks for uh, for uh, listening to my story or nightmare I would like to call it um, uh, on a serious note, I really do appreciate, you know, having a place to call to uh, discuss what my family and I are going through. Um, a lot of people like to mock you and, and laugh behind your back or think you're crazy when you tell them this stuff. And it, uh, it really sucks when you have nowhere to turn or get off your, you know, off your chest. Um, yeah, um, we still live in the house. This is uh, the one that was, this is the story that was on your uh, haunted uh, toy episode. We still live in the house. Um, We're really not in the stage to move due to the fact that we have two rental properties and we have the house that we live in. We own one of the houses that are rental, but we have two of them that we know we owe for at the bank. so we were really not in a, in a place to really go anywhere. Um, and plus, I really wouldn't want to leave and <laughs> give somebody my, well, what somebody did to me, you know what I mean? Like me move into a house that's haunted. I really do. I, I, I agree with your wife that I believe it was already here due to the fact that my wife wasn't here long and the feeling that I got when I walked in. I'll never forget that feeling. I'll never forget it. Um, we ended up getting the house blessed, um, and, uh, we had it cleaned and it seemed like all it did was make it worse. Uh, my, my kids, and it was like it more attacked my kids than anybody, especially my middle child that's becoming, you know, a little lady at the time. Cause this was back in 2009. Um, it's now 214, but the crazy part is is uh when it started messing with my daughter it was like it would go back and forth to my middle child to my oldest child the females um they really don't know how to take it they always want to stay at their you know nana's house places like that and that you know that really sucks man because there's nothing we can do to you know solve this situation that we have going on here we still wake up occasionally with the cabinet doors open still and this is after the fact that in 2012 we were going to get a paranormal group to come in to check out what was going on well he decided to 
do research on the house. Well, the people that we had living here before, that who we bought the house from, which is actually the bank, because they just got up and left in the middle of the night, and that's how we got the house so cheap, is they just got up and left, boom. Nobody knows where they're at. I don't know their name. So I called the realtor, and I was asking her about it, you know, trying to see if I could find out, because I had a lot of questions for them. Well, they knew nothing about them. She didn't. Our realtor didn't. But she did know that they got up and left in the middle of the night. And I was thinking, you know, wouldn't you think that was odd? And you should tell me that kind of thing, you know. Because here I am bringing three kids in a house that I believe is haunted by not just a ghost. Not at all. Um, you'll be be asleep at nighttime and it feels somebody's tugging at your feet. It feels like somebody's like, you'll be asleep and you'll feel like somebody's just right in your face, breathing on you. Um, you'll walk through the house and you'll smell like sulfur uh, every periodically. I mean, it's very occasionally that you'll get that. Um, the house has brought my wife just horrible luck because she don't look at it that way, but my wife was so uppity and go forth and just, <clears throat> and she still is awesome, I'm just saying, but she, her mood swings are just triggered so quick. She is so mad at a 10. I don't know if it's the lack of sleep we're getting, and it's me trying to, you know, calm everybody down and keep everybody with normal heads, but she, she's not the same it's the same person I married a long time ago um now we ended up around 2012 and that was how that call ended it just cut out and what's been interesting about the calls that we would get from Richard is it would be a whole string of calls and it would be it would stand out very much the same number in a row and when he would call in it would be the first i would say two three four even five calls in some cases would last maybe anywhere from 30 seconds to maybe two minutes and then towards the end they would all start cutting out uh either the phone would start making phone noises like literally beeps as if you were pressing the keys and then it would cut out um, to just ending cold like that. And of his attempts to reach out to us on that day with that call, um, that's that was the longest one that that made it through our, our system. All the other ones cut out far too early and all basically had the same content in them as far as what he was talking about. Obviously would have been reworded slightly different as anyone who's reiterating a story is going to slightly reword things. But um, it was all essentially the same information. But that was the furthest he could get into his story on uh, that call attempt into the show. It was very puzzling, very odd, very bizarre. The calls that were cutting out weren't ending in an abrupt sense of confusion, if you will. I mean, we've gotten calls like that where somebody's telling a story and they get kind of sidetracked or embarrassed or what have you. And then they just they they hang up the phone out out of frustration or embarrassment. These were just getting cut off as if somebody walked up to the phone and either... 
uh, started pressing buttons on it and then hung up because uh, we heard like the phone sound buttons of, of buttons being pressed or just pressing the hang up button on, you know, if you have an old school phone, you have the receiver button you press down on, of course, a cell phone is just, you know, end call. Um, but that's how the calls were ending. I mean, as you heard right there, it just ended and it was very, very odd. So our listeners at this point in time started uh, weighing in, calling in, uh, sharing advice, sharing stories that uh, that were up on the forum. And you can still see those those threads if you search Richard and Chattanooga and Real Ghost Stories Online dot com. Like I said, we'll talk about those once we get through listening to uh, the rest of the calls that Richard had made to us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Shortly thereafter, he made this call to us. Hey, Tony. Hey, Jenny. This is uh, Richard again from Chattanooga. I wanted to start off by saying, um, well, telling everybody thanks for all the comments and, uh, you know, everybody reaching out to me. It's real nice. Um, we had the, uh, not too long ago, we had a, actually right before we had the house blessed, we had a medium come in and, uh, I know you guys were talking about me. What I have done, I've had a medium here, and I've had it cleansed, and of you know the paranormal groups. <clears throat> and uh, when we had the medium here, I'm not gonna you know put her name out there because it kind of ended in a strange way. Um, she came in, you know, after we contacted her, had kind of a little sense of relief, go to find out what's really going on, and. Um, she came in real nicely. I put her jacket up. She came in and uh, sat down. We started talking, telling her, you know, about the place, not what was going on or anything like that. Um, she asked if she could walk down the hallway into our bedroom and uh, start from the back of the house and work her way forward. And, uh, we, you know, thought that was fine or whatever. So she ended up going back there and we followed her and she uh, literally just like stopped like right at the foot of our bed looked at our closet door and uh, slowly opened it up and she literally was like you know gas backed up walked pretty fastly through our hall and the whole time just saying sorry that she couldn't do it and she left at the time she was saying sorry you know that uh that she can't help it and that she you know had to leave but uh that was pretty strange (laughs) in itself um and last night we my wife and i we dropped the kids off at her nana's house and uh we came back home we ate watched tv so we figured we'd call it a night and we, you know, went to bed. We have a dog. Actually, we have two dogs. Two of them stay outside. One of them, Max, stays inside. He's a big lab mix. Um, it's to the point now, like, we kind of know when something's going to happen because he will, you know, start growling. He used to uh, sit at the foot of our bed, but now he sits in the hallway. And usually whenever he starts growling, we know something's going to happen. Well, last night I hear him, you know, start growling. My wife nudges me. I'm already up. I get up, put my slippers on. I walk through the house, turn the lights on. 
and as soon as I turned the corner, it was like somebody's just beating on our front door. I kind of like slowed down, you know, had to open it, open it up real quick, like nothing there. So my first reaction is rush back to the room with my wife. And before I get in there, she's screaming, saying that she's seen that uh, same guy with the cloak on. It's just getting real enhanced. Um, and believe it or not, we, after I read that Kristen comment, I really did not know that this house was that known. Um, I mean, through people that came through here, that came by our house, they know about it. Um, and since then, it's kind of, you know, went went out that it was pre-haunted. Um, in fact, us, the, Matt was a good friend of mine that she was contact or was talking about, and uh, he actually just ended up coming coming to the house not too long ago, and he wouldn't even come in. Uh, but yeah, the other day we woke up. Uh, the girls, when they were here, they woke up, and uh, all the cabinet doors were open again and uh, stuff like that. I'm just afraid uh, the next step that I do take of how bad it's going to get because it just keeps showing itself more and more. So I'll shoot you my email. I really am uh, excited about you know some of the comments I'm getting. There is hope out there. And to everybody that uh, has been thinking about my family and praying and all that stuff, I do thank you. And to you guys, thanks for being an outlet and um, and uh, for everything that you've done. Except if it wasn't for you guys, uh, I would be able to get it off my chest. Um, but uh, I'll keep in touch. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. And that right there, I would say, was probably one of the creepiest calls that we have ever received onto the show here at Real Ghost Stories Online. To this day, uh, it still kind of gives me chills when I hear some of those things that uh, that were going on on that call. And if you're listening, listening very closely, uh, you would constantly hear a beeping in the background of, uh, it sounded like a smoke detector. And that's one thing that, that does tend to happen sometimes when, when you get calls. But he would then go back and tell us in a letter or something later on, when asked about it, it was saying, you know, the, uh, you know, the smoke detectors, we can't, we can't put enough batteries in them. They're constantly being drained. Um, the creepiest part of the call was the unexplained breeze sound that occurred while he was sitting there. Uh, and he told us he was simply laying on the couch by himself. He was not opening doors. He was not standing by a window. He was not in a drafty space. But that unexplained breeze and whisper sound, I think, is the closest we've ever gotten on the show to getting a, a real EVP Um and we don't actively seek out EVPs or, or try to capture uh, the sounds of ghosts. We just really talk about sharing the stories. But every once in a while, you get something on a call that you can't explain. And let's go back to that part of the call and listen to that again in case you missed it. 
This is the unexplained part, and I'm going to kill our background drone there for a second so you can just hear this in its complete and utter silence. This was the unexplained sound that we heard that day. It was a good friend of mine that she was contact or was talking about, and uh, he actually just ended up coming coming to the house not too long ago, and he went. That was it right there. He actually just ended up coming coming to the house not too long ago. And notice the smoke detector also goes off at the same time. And uh, he actually just ended up coming coming to the house not too long ago. And he wouldn't even come in. Uh, and the content of what was being talked about right then, too, is very interesting. The... Uh, the investigator, the people that were coming there to try and help, not even willing to come into the house because they felt it was so dark. That's when that sound was played back uh, or played or communicated. I don't think played is the right word because played almost insinuates that he's sitting there playing something with control and he wasn't. Um, That to me was just one of the weirdest things that we have ever heard um, on this show uh, was within that call. Very, very bizarre. He did make a fourth call into us uh, some time later, giving us an update on his situation. Let's take a listen to that, and then we'll talk about some of the reaction and uh, some of the thoughts that were weighed in on uh, on our forum uh, here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So let's go now to the fourth call that we received from Richard in Chattanooga. Hey, Tony. Hey, Jenny. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Richard from Chattanooga. I just want to start out by telling everybody thanks for all your um, opinions and uh, posts and everything. Very much appreciated. I told you guys that I would call in there for a while. I found out some stuff that kind of did a whole 360 as we was thinking that the house was haunted, which it is for sure, but like we thought it was here already, and that's not what I think anymore. Um, started with, uh, you know, all this stuff would go on. I'd take my kids to my mother's or my wife's mother's house, <laughs> my parents' house, and uh, we would uh, leave them there overnight or stay there ourselves, mattering how bad it was that night at our residence um well my mom gives me a call wanting me to uh ask me if i would come over and help her move stuff in my old room which she used it as like a storage she started looking like a hoarder believe it or not it was just packed with a bunch of stuff so i told her i wouldn't mind so i go over there and uh you know, she tells me what all she wants to be moved. And uh, I told her I could put a lot of this stuff in the attic for her. She was kind of hesitant. She's like, yeah, go ahead. Now, when I got in the attic, I didn't think I was going to see anything, you know. So I pulled down the door. It's one of those old kind that's you have to flip the ladder down like three different ways. has that old blow-in insulation. Uh, real dark with one little chain light. So I, you know, go in there and take about five trips up and down taking this stuff. 
my mom said that she had to run some errands, so she goes ahead and leave. And I told her I'd continue doing this. She showed me everything that she wanted to be put up. So she puts it up, or she goes, and I start putting up stuff. By like the fifth or sixth trip, I look in the back corner. I see this humongous, I'm talking about like three and a half feet wide by, I don't know, eight foot, six foot wide, uh, long. There's a big chest, and it had like engraves in it. I can't say the word gargoyles, you know, like those statue-looking things, gremlin-looking things. Uh, a whole bunch of different things. Black crow. I mean, it was just, it was kind of unique-looking. And the definition was really cool. But it had a lock on it. So I went back down, grabbed some stuff, came back up. My suspicious was getting to me, so I opened it up. I thought it was really cool. So I got a hammer and a screwdriver. Uh, the fourth time hitting it, the lock pops off. And it's one of these old-time locks as well. It has like a skeleton key. And when I found what was in this thing, I was just floorboard. I start looking in there, and I see bags with people's hair in it. Not like a whole bunch, like cut hair uh, tied with ribbon. I see uh, black magic books, summoning books, books of Haba, Catholic demonic books. White Light Wicca books, uh, how to uh, redeem someone's faith books, um, pictures of like 16 up to 24 women in black robes uh, with my mother in those pictures. Uh, and I started picking up some of these books and I was looking in it. And when I was younger, my mom was the type of person to be like, you know, free will and she would rather you drink at the house instead of out riding around that type of stuff um not the type to like rat you out or whatever that's the term well I started looking at these books and uh in the book of Haba and a lot of these demonic books there is this Egyptian eye that's on like right before each paragraph and uh, I, had, when I was 13 years old, well, not 13, I was wanting to get a tattoo, but obviously I was too young. So when I turned 16, my mom signed for me. But she said that if if, I, if she signed, it would have to be the tattoo that she wanted. And she promised me it wouldn't be like crappy. But uh, she found this eye with a sun, and I thought it was kind of cool. Didn't know the meaning, but my mom said you can get this one. Well, I ended up getting it on the back of my calf. Well, I start looking in there, and I notice this is in all these books, and so now I have this on my leg. Um, pictures of me as a kid with this other kid. And after I did research and talked to my dad behind my mom's back, which I really didn't get much information from him, and uh, I think they're on it. So I had to go to my sister's, which told me when I was a kid that they used to, I used to wake up screaming, and they would put me in a bathtub. And while my dad was dump ice to snap me out of whatever it was I was in. Um, so my sister told me this that was a kid named Chris. He was around when my mom, before my mom met my dad. And uh, it was a guy that he was with before. Well, I get his number and I call him. And we meet on the, uh, I think it was like two and a half weeks ago, which made it the 21st, I believe, of September. And we met downtown Chattanooga with eating. And uh, 
he was wearing shorts, and I looked down and noticed that he has the exact same Egyptian eye on the same leg that my mother let him get when he was a kid, same age as me. And I just thought that was crazy. And he said that uh, my mom used to, you know, lock him down in the basement and uh, six, like, pentagrams, all that kind of stuff. So I really think the woman that I trusted, the woman that I took my kids to, and uh, when stuff is going bad here, I took my kids to where the problem was. And it really, really bothers me. But uh, I try to figure it out. My mom, I haven't talked to her since. And I think that um, what she's done, I'm, I, I have to uh, reverse it, uh, do something. And now my wife, she's really not the same anymore. Um, she's, you know, real quick starting arguments. People that I want to call to try to bring in that I've done research, people that you guys have you know, told me about just before bringing anybody in this house anymore. So I think it's going to get to the point to where I am going to have to just get out of here and try to get my kids to a safe haven and 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 start over. Uh, about a week ago, uh, my daughter Zoe comes in and uh, comes screaming in my house, and now she's been over at my wife's mother's house for over a week now as the other kids uh she goes over uh she comes up to me about three fifteen in the morning wakes me up shaking and i just load them all up then and took them because she says that the covers which when i went in there the covers were pulled all the way to the wall and her bed's 15 feet away from that wall um she has the master bedroom because she's becoming older as a lady and has the bathroom in it so anyways you know it's about 15 feet and she says that uh whatever it was was in her face and it screamed so bad that she felt the breath touch her face and she just looked dead in it and she says that it didn't it just had like a how she put it like a washy face like um it was running and the eyes were so deep and dark and the breath that it scared her so bad that Either I took her or she walked to Kristen's, you know, mom's house. So it's just to the point now that I really don't know what to do. Uh, I did a lot of research, and all it did was bring me right back to start of things. It's really hard to uh, defeat these things, and it's really hard to, uh, you know, face it because of the uh, scared factor. But that's what I'm going to have to do because it's just one by one taking my family members off. But yet it doesn't touch me. It doesn't affect me. It just does everybody else. And that's why I think I'm the problem. So I just want to say thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everybody's, you know, opinions. And uh, God bless. Bye. And that was the last we heard from Richard in Chattanooga that was around Halloween of 2014 when we got that last update really kind of recapping the saga of what had gone on of all the unexplained things that had happened to him before he had called in 
with that final call, there had been several months of not hearing uh, anything from Richard, calls or, uh, or emails. He'd messaged us privately um, about uh, two or three weeks prior to that call, asking us not to say anything on the air. Uh, uh, but he did let us know essentially the information that he, he then decided to relave, uh, relate in that call uh, to the audience about finding the the box about finding the uh, the symbols but he asked us not to share that on the air um, until he was ready to to do that and we respected that and and then he did call in as you just heard um, and related all that information uh, shortly thereafter so it made for a very interesting story uh, as far as what happened from start to finish and it was kind of left at that with the Source in his mind being possibly uh, his mother uh, and and possibly what she had been involved in and possibly relating to the markings, the tattoos that were put on him uh, as a child. So we asked you guys to weigh in and give us some suggestions as for what he should do. And you guys did. A lot of the initial uh, suggestions that were uh, sent into the show were suggesting that he get out of there and go and stay with his mother full time. And then that call came in, which kind of changed things up um, a little bit. Um, some of the comments that were made to us uh, on uh, on the website uh, about uh, his calls, about things that were said. Uh, one of the last things, uh, or one of the first things, rather, that were said about the unexplained whisper that we heard in the previous call said, I was hearing your audio the other day of the moaning voice in the background. That's how this listener described that. What I, what I thought sounded like a breeze or a patio door opening and closing, just the wind that would go through. Uh, I also developed a stomachache. Uh, when I heard that, but on top of that, I also saw something. Uh, it looked like an animal, but it was a demon walking on all fours. It resembled a human, but animal by nature. Long arms with sharp claws and it had no eyes. Instead, uh, it was blackness like a void. Sharp, pale skin and slim and no hair. It was very disturbing and I couldn't shake it off. I had to do this uh, white light exercise. That house is infested, and I'm sure they are dangerous. I don't know if you guys believe me, but I know I didn't imagine it. So whatever else is there, it must be a legion, and the main demon is powerful. Because what I saw gave me the impression of something like guard dogs or hellhounds. And we did have several people on our website and on YouTube who listened to that episode also reported feeling physically ill when hearing that sound. Uh, being played back before even us pausing and stopping to identify the sound it was an initial feeling that they got when they when they heard that noise I personally have not felt anything I was very troubled by it but I did not have any physical repercussions Richard replied uh, to that uh, message approximately Uh, 20 days later saying, Hey guys, just wanted to say hello and thanks for your kind words and interest in my family's issues and hauntings. I sent Tony a post on what I found out due to my life and all the haunts that I've been uh, querying, uh, that's been uh, querying to me and my family, or occurring to me and my family. 
Uh, it blew everyone's mind as it did mine. I am hurt, confused, and feel betrayed by my own family. At first, I wanted to say uh, mute about it, but with everyone's support, I really feel like it's fair to share the rest of my story with what really effed up uh, my life and uh, whom has been there, uh, with someone who's been there for me, uh, be looking for my call suit. And that's when we got that call that you had just heard from Richard. Shortly thereafter, of course, and people started weighing in on the eye hourglass tattoo. And uh, here's some of those responses. Thank you so much for the follow-up, Richard. Oh, man, there hasn't been that good of a teaser for even a monster movie in a long time. I can't wait to hear your full story, Griffin, said that. And then, once uh, Richard uh, did write back in, uh, and, and called back in, we got we got these responses. Jesse Lynn wrote, Richard, I just listened to your follow-up. I don't think you are the problem. The eye of the hours, which is what I'm assuming your tattoo is, is actually a protection symbol. If your mother really was messing with things, she shouldn't have, and realize that, and that would definitely be a reason to get you a tattoo that could mean protection, that could explain why you're not being affected by anything. I 100% agree with Jenny. You need to talk to your mother. You need to find out exactly what she was doing and that she could, what she could have summoned. That is the only way to figure out how to get rid of it. It's very possible that your mom did not know what she was doing, so hold off on placing blame just yet. You don't know the circumstances yet, and you'll need uh, her help to at least find a starting point. Is there any way you can send a picture of your tattoo? I'm sure that there are some people on here who know a bit about ancient symbols. Is there any way possibility of that being the coincidence. Doubtful, but possible. The thing that doesn't quite fit me is a strange mix of books in the chest. It makes me think she was looking for something. I'm in no way an expert, but uh, that is just what I'd do if I were in your shoes. Please keep us posted. If you have any questions or anything, please ask. There's lots of us here. Others said, Richard, thanks for sharing. Good luck. I'll pray for you and your family. And then Sir Edward wrote in in response to uh, Jesse's uh, definition of the uh, the uh, eye of the hours. I think you need to be very careful when offering such an antidotal explanation regarding the meaning of the tattoo as described by Richard. Occult symbolism is dualistic in meaning and or interpretation, whether outwardly known or if it hides a hidden meaning only known understood to a select few. It's my understanding that the eye of hours or eye of Ra, the all-seeing eye, is a predominant symbol for Luciferianism, also with other secret societies and occult groups. So, it is something to be possibly concerned about. After hearing Richard's story regarding the items in the truck, I'm guessing it wasn't necessarily for protection from the bad guys, just saying. Jesse replied back, you're right, Edward. A lot of things have dual meanings, but until we find the other side of her story, we don't know what the meaning behind it was. I don't think I ever said anything concrete in my post. I used ifs and possibilities a lot. The only thing I said for sure was that if he finds out exactly what his mother was doing, it seems like people always jump to the worst-case scenario. Is there something so wrong with giving people the possible explanation for something? And that was essentially the end of the conversation uh, about the, the symbol and what it may or may not mean. Now... 
there are a lot of ways to interpret it. There are dual meanings. There are things. It's, it's all a matter of what was the intent, in my opinion, for that symbol being placed on him. And I don't think we will know the answer until of that question uh, until or if Richard ever does call back in with an update. There were a couple uh, threads that were posted to us um, comparing Richard's story to other ghost stories that had been out there, which, you know, I, 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 I don't doubt that there are other ghost stories out there that could have somewhat of a, a similar tone to them of um, a symbol being placed on a child, uh, you know, someone dabbling in the occult or with full-blown negative intent. That that does certainly exist. Um, I'm just not quick to completely discount someone's story if they actually had that happen to them. Um, you know, and, and the reason for that being, I mean, um, you know, how many times, you know, do you watch a romantic comedy movie if you watch those and then someone tells you how they met their significant other you don't discount their story of oh this is how you met your wife that sounds just like that romantic comedy movie that i watched yes but it actually happened to them too that actually did occur in real life so of course uh, at this point in time every story has happened at least once some more documented than others Um, the fact that some of this happened to this man I don't completely discount and say that he was ripping off the story from from someone else. I, I don't know that for sure. I, I don't know uh, his story to be 100% factual, and I don't know it to be 100% false. I don't know is where I'm standing on it. It certainly is a very intriguing story, nonetheless. And if there is another chapter to it, or a final chapter to it, I would hope we would like to hear it. I'm very curious as to if a conversation was ever had with the mother as a starting point uh, of figuring out the exact details and what the intent was there and how that conversation went and, and what's gone on um, in his life since that point, since he did share so much with us and engage so many of us with his story. Now it's been so so long since we'd heard, I thought it'd be interesting just to revisit that story today as it was one of the most compelling I think that we've ever heard here on the show at Real Ghost Stories Online. So I hope you enjoyed that retrospective look back at a very creepy story here at Real Ghost Stories Online. And of course, we would love to hear your Real Ghost Stories. I hope and pray they weren't quite that dark, but feel free to share. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Of course, you can also write it on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please continue to help support it and keep us on the air by becoming an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. Get all the bonus episodes, bonus video, and the satisfaction of knowing you're keeping us on the air. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.